This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only, and it is not meant for substitution or replacement of professional medical or health advice. This podcast may contain explicit language, taboo topic, controversial ideas, and triggering points of view. So we invite you to respect what is being shared, even if you don't agree. If you resonate with anything is being shared in today's show, please feel free to apply it into your own life. If not, we invite you to let it go. Welcome to the Mastering Life, Relationship and Intimacy podcast with Lucia Gabriela, a sacred space which means it's free of judgment, where we come together to learn and explore how to awaken, unleash, and unlock our inner master self. These podcasts feature experts in topics of life, relationship, and intimacy. In life, we will explore topics on health, wellness, nutrition, fitness, yoga, and spirituality. In relationship, we will explore topics on self-love, being single, dating, online dating, romantic partnership, marriage, uncoupling, divorce, parenting, polyamory, family and work relationship, and money. In intimacy, we will explore topics on tantra, sacred sexuality, eros, conscious adult entertainment, kink, and BDSM. I am your host, Lucia Gabriela, a relationship and intimacy coach, integrative somatic therapist, tantra facilitator, speaker, co-author, and founder at Nuna Holistic Retreat Center in Sarasota, Florida, where we offer integrated therapies for individuals and couples to awaken, reignite, and embrace their true power. To learn more about any of my transformational coaching and somatic experiences, immersion weekend, and couples retreat, go to www.luciagabriela.com. And today's topic is self-love, underrated, overlooked, and absolutely necessary with Barry Selby. Barry Selby is a best-selling author, sought-after inspirational speaker, and relationship attraction expert. He is a passionate champion for the divine feminine, helping strong, successful women create balance in love, life, and business. He helps women own and express their feminine magnificence and majesty in love and in the world. With over 30 years of training and experience, including a master's degree in spiritual psychology and 17 years as a spiritual counselor, he has helped thousands learn to love themselves and live in wholeness. And you can find Barry Selby at his website, www.barryselby.com. And also you can find him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn as Barry Selby. Really, really excited about this conversation because self-love is one of those conversations that's out there. And I always find like people sometimes have a hard time grasping what self-love is. So I'm really excited uh, to have you here, Barry, today to share what self-love is and, in, in, yeah, the juiciness of this. So thank you for joining <laughs> us today. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to this too. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Yeah, we always have great conversations with you. You're very... Um, very, uh, I would say, wise. Very wise. What? And I love, I love how your perceptions. So let's talk about self-love. Like 
for individuals that have a hard time loving themselves, like what is the concept of self-love and how can they start loving themselves more? Oh, you want to start there? Okay. <laughs> I was going to start further out and come back in. Um, the challenge with self-love for most people is somehow they think that their value is based on what's happening out there. So their achievements, the way they're looked at by other people, their relationships, it's everybody else around them that they value themselves based upon. And so, unfortunately, everything out there changes mm-hmm. all the time. So when you're trying to look at your love from that perspective, it's never consistent. So that part alone makes loving difficult because love is who we are. I mean, I'm going to get spiritual at the times during this conversation, I suspect, because love is who we are. It's just simply the, what, what made us who we're, where we're from, what we're about. And when we remember that love is inside, what happens out there becomes much less impactful on our comfort level, on our mood, and on our ability to function. So it, what it, how to say what self-love is, much as how it works. You know, it's like self-love is evident by, by its, um, sorry, self-love is described by its, by its evidence versus by what it looks like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And also, it's a great point that you are inviting into the conversation is that it's not defined by the external, um, part of you or the external people around you or the external society uh, believe a condition and mm-hmm. not it's not based on what is external but it's actually based on and defined to what actually feels internal feels in alignment feels congruent with you yes it feels like it resonates with you and something that doesn't feels right it's like it's yourself, your infinite wisdom within you is telling you, hey, you're getting out of track here. So so mm-hmm. definitely, it's, um, I love that you're pointing out it's not defined by what it is outside or how people look at it outside, but what right. it means to you. So you mentioned it in your title, like it is overrated, um, what is it, underrated, overlooked, and absolutely necessary. Right. Because, <laughs> as I said, we are always looking out there. I think that love is out there. And, and it's no fault of our own. I mean, we're raised in a culture, particularly in the Western world, where all the love songs and movies of the last six, seven decades um, perpetuate the story that when you find love out there, you'll be whole. Like, you complete me, as Jeremy McGuire would say. So all these movies and songs kept reminding us and programming us to think that we'll, we'll feel loved when somebody else loves us, not that we should love ourselves. Even though um, uh, Whitney Houston, <laughs> I think the songs, did the greatest love of all is inside of us. I mean, we've had the hints and the clues out there in the, in the entertainment industry, but the reality is that love really does not come from us. You know, there's a um, way of putting it is that if we think that love comes from out there and we fill up from outside, the cup we put it in, it's got a hole in it. It never fills up. When we fill up from the love inside, it's a solid container that can hold that love permanently. And so loving from somebody else is never going to fill us up as much as we can love ourselves. And it's really the um, antidote to the codependent model we've been taught for the last millennia. And I'm, I'm passionate about stamping out codependence once and for all. So how can we invite um, individuals to start loving themselves? Like, 
something something practical like ideas like what is because everything is personal individual right like we were mentioning right. before and what people can do you can i you know sometimes i offer a lot of the times the self-love rituals you know like going to bubble bath and mm -hmm. go it's not even about sometimes even pleasure like so many people confuse you know self-pleasure with self-love and i'm like no it's <laughs> That's self-pleasure, <laughs> self-love. Well, no, that's, that's, that's loving. That's self-care. That's self-care. Self yeah, that's loving to yeah. you. That's self-care. But it's not the whole concept of self-love. There's so much more of self-love. Right. And I feel like sometimes because of that misconception of self-pleasure, which is self-care, and the people utilize it as self-love, that's the only thing that they think that they can love themselves through sexual pleasure. I have a few ideas. <laughs> Great. So let's dive into that because it is important for, I mean, I personally feel that sexuality is great, it's empowering, but too much focus on it. Sometimes we miss actually the beauty and the deliciousness of love and self-love and sensuality and these other, other energies and elements that are part of us, but we're not really paying attention to it, which actually enhance our sexuality, like, you know, a hundred times full. Oh, yeah. So if you love yourself, your ability to make love and have, and have incredible sexual pleasure is magnified multi multiple times, absolutely. Yes. So let's share some ideas here of, like, what can we do uh, as self-love rituals, like self-love practices that is right. not involved, like, you know, love pleasure, like self-love pleasure and all that. <laughs> I can, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. In fact, I, I even have a product I sell on this, so I know I can't talk about this. So self-love seems like this this um, ethereal thing that is this like, I'll feel it when I feel it, and I'll know it when I know it. The thing is, self-love is extremely practical. And for many of us, we weren't raised loving ourselves. Actually, let me make a slight divergence for a second. Some people think that self-love is somehow selfish and egotistical and, and it's boosting your ego, making you feel like arrogant. That's not self-love. That's arrogance. Very different thing. <laughs> self-love is really the place we come to um, a humility and appreciation for who you really are. And the biggest way of telling is when you stop judging yourself. Most people are toward the trap when we take things personally way too easily because our ex-relationship told us so many times we weren't good enough, or our parents didn't tell us that, or a boss did, whatever it was, and we take it personally. Now, some of that feedback may be accurate, but the truth is when we start demeaning our own self-esteem because of what somebody else said, we're in trouble. So self-love practices are vital to rebuild our own um, dented, dented comfort zone, maybe, is the way of putting it. But it starts with really knowing who we are. And there are so many ways of doing it. But one thing I recommend highly, it's one of these simple things I gave out on one of my talks a year ago, even a year and a half ago, ended up becoming a product. But what it really is, it's very simple. It doesn't require any tools. It doesn't require any um, kinky stuff. <laughs> it just takes five minutes of your time in the morning and five minutes in the, morning, in the evening. And it simply requires you looking, in yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror. If you do it when you're, when you're getting ready in the morning, if you're a man shaving, if you're woman putting your makeup on, you can do it right then. It doesn't require necessarily a formal um, ritual, but it can be nice if you make it special. So if you look in the mirror in your own eyes and you simply say to yourself very clearly and by breathing calmly, you can put your hands over your heart and say, I love you to yourself in the mirror and you let yourself receive that in. 
It sounds ridiculous, I know. But if you do that for five minutes and you're doing it consciously, intentionally, and with calm breathing, practice that twice a day for 30 days, your life will transform. So something that simple will work. I've seen it done many times and I actually created a product, product from it because my client said, I can't remember how to do it. I'm like, it's not that hard. <laughs> but the reality is that by having that place of remembrance, you do that in the morning and the evening, you create this framework that your day flows between. And other things you can do too, it can be things like um, treating yourself something nice every so often, whether that's a new pair of shoes or something else where you give yourself a pleasurable experience as a reminder that you care about yourself. Now, if you're a shoe addict, I wouldn't recommend that necessarily. But if you do it from the point of view that I care about myself and I want to treat myself as something nice that I can wear or carry that reminds me that I love myself, that can work as a very powerful tool. It could be something as simple as um, a new case to your phone that you love that you saw at the store that has to be bright red or something like that. It doesn't need to be big stuff. But little tokens you can tell yourself that you appreciate yourself are the reminding methods that connect you back into yourself. Now, a couple of big things. <laughs> Let's play with these two. It's often hard to love ourselves when we're really judging what happened to us or judging what we did to somebody else. So having an understanding of how self-forgiveness works, having an understanding of how compassion works, having an ability to actually apply these um, tools to yourself, rebuild that self-love as well. Because we can say I love myself in the mirror for five, ten minutes a day, but I'm judging how I treated my ex, you know, my, my partner earlier the other day. It doesn't work. So having reminders that it's okay I made a mistake, I do care about who I am, I care about them, I made a mistake, it's okay, then you can rebuild the love too. It's really having passion for yourself that is the starting point of that journey to release all that um, crunchy stuff that we've built up over the years. So self-love, the judgment, uh, self-forgiveness and self-love are also in the same bundle. Sorry, you were about to say something. Yeah. So, I do understand and sometimes resonate with the aspect of um, the many times judgment, the part of ourselves that judge ourselves, that judger, right? Like that judge. <laughs> part of ourselves, like, you know, that archetype that yeah. shows up and it's like, and, you know, the way that I usually, like, uh, love to address the different parts of me, that they're very value, valuable and very precious parts of me. Um, I can say that I'm, like, at to the point in my life where I really love many parts of me, and mostly all of it, and it's, like, so joyful, like, it's just, like, this, like, tear comes into me when I like, I love myself, I love myself, and... And there's still this part of you, like especially the judger that comes into play for the judgment. How do you, you know, how do you address um, that part of judgment at a deeper level? I, I know that this is like a deep question right here, but I do feel mm -hmm. that to get to these uh, self-love um, practices, it is important that we don't have to shut down the part of ourselves that judge. We don't have, because the more you shut down something, the more the big monster they become. Uh, we don't have to ignore them, because like little kids, you ignore some parts of you and forget about it, they drive you fucking crazy all over the place. Uh, so like, that's the truth. And, well, my truth. <laughs> I don't know if anybody resonates with that truth, <laughs> but it really, it really, you know, annoying. So, 
Asha, we don't ignore, we don't avoid, we don't push down, we, you know, accept, right? Like, we embrace and accept the parts of ourselves that are judging. Um, but at a deeper level, like, what do you feel is the reason why we judge ourselves at a deeper level, like, when we judge ourselves? Because if we can address that part of ourselves, that belief, that story, We'll be able to get better practices of self-love and, and be like, okay, got it. Okay. So, tr so try this philosophy on precise. As I mentioned that we are divine beings, we are, we are love as we created. Speaking from a spiritual point of view, and I, and I didn't get born with this. I've been studying this for a long time. So I'm not saying this is what I, I knew coming in because I wasn't in, in line that way. But we are born from a place that is love itself. And... I believe that the, that the God that I talk about, or the spirit I talk about, is we come from the same place. And then we come onto the planet, which is an interesting place where it's like, let's all see how different we can all be. And the, the problem with difference is we think something else, something better than something else. Meaning that if we're all from the same place, we're all one thing, we're all God inside, we're all the same soul, or same whatever you want to call that, then it doesn't matter what we look like, we're all the same. But we put value on the external. We put value on something being better than something else. So um, my neighbor's car is better than mine, or my childhood was worse than yours, or my this, that, and the other was different from yours. And we use that to judge. And judgment is a human skill that we developed over millennia, over centuries, to really sort of put ourselves in a place, either one, to boost our ego up to be better other people, or to suppress our ego to feel that we're worse than other people. And it's this judgment, I think, is probably the biggest... Um, destructive weapon that makes self-love challenging because it's, it's judgment of us and other people that separates us from ourselves mm -hmm. when we're in a place of blame and judgment of somebody else it's very hard to love from that place and when we let other people's judgments come up to us we start feeling less than worthy that's why self-love is so vital because it's almost the um, it's the air in the, in the, in the um, beach wall that lifts it up out of the water so it will rise up but it's, it's self-love generated. And that comparison um, game is really impossible to win. The only way you can win the comparison game, really, is to realize that deep down inside, we're all the same. If we can get there, then self-love becomes much easier. It becomes much easier because we're not running this um, mental, it's all mental, rules about what your life is supposed to be like and why we shouldn't have what we want because that person raises right or because uh, I was born in the wrong country or the wrong neighborhood I can't get these things all this crap that has basically been told to us by society because if you've noticed the um, advertising campaigns and the marketing media and everything else in the world doesn't teach us that self-love is important it teaches us that when you get the right lipstick or the right car or the right job or the right clothes then you'll be lovable Mm -hmm. It's not true. It's not true. You're lovable first. Those are just accessories. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I also feel that there is, um, I understand the point of view and perspective coming from, like, the different angles of, um, of, of you know, the society, what it asks us to be and to do, make us, make us think that we had to achieve this uh, to be lovable, which is all bullshit. Um, and I also, and I, you know, I feel that um, that even in an internal deeper level, there is um, 
these uh I was just when you you were speaking it was just resonating this that when you mentioning that we all equal like you know that we're all sharing the same soul pretty much the same energetic yeah. from a very spiritual perspective because we also right. can go there that multi-dimensional level and it kind of like feels um uh that we as it seems like in a earth level we all are kind of like judging they have this you know belief or of idea of judging could it be because maybe we misunderstand the energy of judgment when it can be where instead of like you 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 mentioned something about the tool of destruction that could be used as a tool of destruction compared to okay how can we make this tool because it could be a tool too of like mm -hmm. expansion because the definition right. of judgment is like when you had gather all your information all your data and you have base a conclusion of it that's what a judgment right. is right so and and the way that we speak when it comes to self-judgment is that i feel like we are honoring the word in some level in english i don't know uh, correct me if i'm, I'm wrong <laughs> but it seems like maybe we are like putting the word of like we self hurting ourselves we using the judgment to punish ourselves so instead of right. uh, judging we're punishing ourselves because well, it's it, sorry after you go ahead well well the thing well, i'm getting when get you saying really clear is judgment is neutral but we make it a positive judgment or a negative judgment mm -hmm. so it's the flavor the way we use judgment and I, I remember one of the places I was, when i was studying my master's program it's always about evaluation versus judgment because evaluation is more neutral sounding it's the same thing but we just say when you're evaluating it's much more um, unemotional they're just saying this is good or bad this is what it is mm -hmm. but judgment is i'm invested in giving my emotional level my emotional weight to this so when something's bad it's really 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 bad when it's good it's like wow it's amazing so we add influence in our emotional um emphasis to judgment to give it a certain bias so judgment itself if you use the word judge as it is Sorry, I'm just realizing what we were talking about because what happened last week in the news. But anyway, forget that. <laughs> the judging, the judging is a neutral term because it is meant to be be giving a positive or negative evaluation, or it's a result that we get from it. But we use judgment automatically as bad. So I understand what you mean by that. But the thing I want to say is, it's how we treat ourselves and how we talk to ourselves. So the judgment, in that sense, is just the wording we use. So when we when we go when we start you know saying to ourselves you know I I screwed up again I didn't do what I was supposed to have done um, I I'm, I'm not taking care of myself or I I cut the person off and I shouldn't have done that all these different things we do to ourselves all those shoulds and have tos and, and those things that becomes the um, self flagellation tools that we use to feel us, make ourselves feel bad mm. that's that's part of the the trap we fall into because society doesn't really say stop doing that. Somebody who loves you would tell you to stop doing that. And somebody has to remember ourselves to say that because the society itself doesn't care about, oh, you beat yourself up? Fine. Here's medication. Yeah. You know? So what I'm gathering from this, and we can move, move on with that, the love, the self-love, is what, I love this conversation because I 
not just me, myself, and I, and everyone else that is out there in social media, especially with, you know, you, you, the first thing that you do when you go social media is like somebody, you know, it's like having this and, and got this, yeah. and you're like, oh my God, I'm fucking working so hard, I'm not even there yet, you're ready to compare yourself. Oh, yeah. So I have worked with the compare part of me, like I don't compare myself, just, just, the best advice I had from one of my coaches was like, don't compare yourself with other people. Compare yourself with yourself where you were like five years before, exactly. ten years. Yes. And that's the way. So what I love about this conversation, this interaction when it comes to self-love and the self-judgment, which it can, it can inhibit, right? Like self-love, like really yeah. loving ourselves when we judge ourselves so much. That's why I love this is because I love this is it seems like we focus on too much on the judgment Oh, you know, the whole aspect of self-judgment. And when we start tapping into that self-judgment, this is what I got from our conversation. Is like instead of focusing the energy of, like, the fat or the conclusion that we made about ourselves, oh, yeah, you know, I screwed up today. I'm supposed to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go to the gym, the gym, <laughs> and work out and, like, pump up, right? <laughs> like, yep. or drink my juice or something like that. Don't focus much on that energy, but shift it and ask yourself, okay, these are the facts, whatever. These are the conclusions. Okay, how am I going to treat myself now? Mm-hmm. I feel like that it just brought so much lightness into my body, like with, from a conversation when you mentioned all that. And also for me it came like, okay, so if we focus too much on like self-judgment and just keeping the, ha- the whole like, you know, like story, like going on and going on, I'm going to judge myself. Stop and ask yourself, okay, this happened. Now, how am I going to treat myself? Yes. Awesome. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is that we, again, we are in an environment, a society that basically doesn't tell us, oh, you can change course and do something better. So hopefully this will help people remember that self-judgment is not meant to be a self-flagellation device. Like you beat yourself up with it and say, no, you screwed up, you screwed up. Because there are people literally, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen on the trains, I've seen them in the streets. Literally beat themselves up because of the, the wiring that got put in so deeply that puts them psychologically out of whack. So we all have these varying skills of ability to go, you know what? I screwed up. It's okay. Because we have a habit of putting a massive amount of weight on the um, judgment side or the mm-hmm. post-event upset than what happened. I, have, I remember having a conversation with friends of mine where I said something to them and I was like, oh crap. Oh, I said the whole thing because so screwed up. For, for days I was worrying about it. I called them up and said, I'm so sorry what happened. And they said, what happened? I don't remember anything. Like, they didn't take anything personally. I did it all inside. So I, I got the lesson many times over. <laughs> and the recognition for me is when stuff happens, the best thing we can do is, you know, is realize that what we've done, we may have done something not perfect. So what can I learn from it? Can I let myself off the hook? And how about I just love myself through this? And it's that remembering to take care of ourselves that lets the pressure off. Like you're saying, it lightens ourselves up. Mm-hmm. And it's that reminder, because the thing is, I understand, you know, it's only people who are um, good people who feel bad about things they do. Because bad people don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know, they do what they do. So, so, the, so us people who are good, who are caring, who are compassionate, we aren't always able to do things without going, oh, I should have done differently. I should have taken care of that. I should have done you know, all this shooting. And it's like, stop it. <laughs> If we are caring people, then care about ourselves first. Yeah. But. It's like, what do you learn from that? Okay, let's move on. 
It's like, especially when we're talking about like addressing emotional traumas or anything like that in my realm. It's, it's like, it's not about bringing back, going back into the past and like dwell on it. But it's like, okay, what you learn from this and what are the golden nuts from here? And yeah. what are the, what it is that you learn that is, make you who you are? Because without those golden nuts, you would not be here. So mm -hmm. let's focus on that and let's from here move forward. And everything else just disappear. And yeah. that's what I feel like aspect of like not really putting so much energy on that aspect of judgment or any kind mm -hmm. of like other things or even lack of self-acceptance, lack of like whatever lack we have, which because we're not seeing ourselves connected, stop focusing on that. And just start focusing on, like, the right question. Like, I love yeah. when, you know, uh, I believe that Tony Robbins said, it's not about, you know, uh, the questions that you ask, but the quality of the questions that you ask. Like, what are mm -hmm. the quality questions that you ask yourself every day, you know? Yeah. And based on the quality of questions, are really genius questions or stupid questions? <laughs> like, yeah. go into the quality, you know, quality versus quantity. <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, what, one of my teachers talks about how it's never the issue that happened. It's how you relate to the issue that you need to work on. Because things happen, life happens. But it's how do we respond to that? We can either judge ourselves harshly or we can go, let me fix that. Or we can mm -hmm. say, that wasn't my fault. But we tend to have a default pattern because, again, it depends a lot of times on how we're raised. Because the environment we learn is the most influential one we have. So what our parents teach us is what we tend to practice as an adult until we go, that doesn't work for me now. Hmm. And you can choose something different. The good news is we do have that freedom. And so as you said, the same thing. You don't need to dwell in the past. It may be good to know what happened so we can move forward, but it does require us to take responsibility for who we are now. And then do the depth inner work so that we can actually be free to live and express and enjoy the rest of our lives. Beautiful. I love that. So what other um, insights do you have about self-love that you would like to share before we wrap it up our, our episode today? Okay. Um, it's interesting because I've been involved in this, this conversation quite a bit now for the last few years because my clients have been really going through their journeys with this. I notice when I see people who are loving themselves, it's different. Because there are people who have, like, you know, the, 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 the fluffed up chest, like, I'm confident, I can take care of business, I know how to run life. But I can feel the wounds. Mm. It's almost like, I can, it's almost visceral now for me. And so I know the self-love, what happens with self-love, it's almost like, um, <laughs> someone who's like, comes out as a boxer, really tough and strong, is somebody who's really in their power and authority, but that's ego-driven. Someone who's like, like Bruce Lee, or someone whose flow was not was so relaxed, but they had the power within them. That to me is like a, a, an interesting um, metaphor for self-love. When you're self-love, you're relaxed, you're comfortable, but you have the power to do anything you want from inside. It's a really amazingly subtle, again, over underrated, um, overrated, underrated, underrated practice that actually fuels everything. If you really want to achieve big things in life, it isn't your ego that's going to drive you unless you have your heart aligned with what you're going, your self-love, your self-support. And when you love yourself fully, anything is possible. And the thing about it is when you love yourself fully, if you don't make it, it's okay because you love yourself. So what I love about the conversation about self-love is, is that when we start learning to love ourselves, and like you mentioned, like 
you, everything can happen. Like you can achieve everything in your life. Um, it's this beautiful feeling that no matter what you achieve, is you're good. You're you're not even good. You're like great. You're fantastic. And yeah. and creating a life from a place of tough love is such a also an alchemical um, transformational experience in this earth because. Self-love itself is going to um, invite us to walk on fire a lot of the time. Where <laughs> it's going to help us to get to know ourselves at a deeper level. Because sometimes we think that we know ourselves and we really don't. And sometimes we think that we are made of this. But all of a sudden we have such a beautiful, delicious challenge. And it's like, man, I am fucking more than this. Like I can't believe it. <laughs> So right. it's all good. It's like great. Keep loving yourself. <laughs> but everyone needs. But that's the thing. And this is the thing I want to make sure they get the point. The difference is one little thing. The little things is we a lot of times we tell ourselves we love ourselves, but it's all like from here up. It's just like I can do it. I can make it happen because it's all self convincing. When you really love yourself, there's no pressure. You know you can do things. The self love mm-hmm. internally. Is the fuel that drives everything? It's the big. It's like that thing. It's about walking on fire. It's actually feeling on fire because it's so filling you up in warmth and in joy that whatever happens out there, and this is another thing, by the way, self-love means your relationships are much easier. Mm-hmm. You're not so invested in how they feel. Yes, you care about them, you take care of them, you love them, you play with them, you do everything you want with them. But if they get upset, you don't take it personally. You can respond to them and you can support them. But self-love is that um, release from that wiring where you need to be responsible for everybody else's feelings so self-love is magical yes and uh, when you are living in that place of self-love you're so connected with all parts of you with your body and with yep. your your heart your emotions your mind and especially your body because i work with somatic uh i always feel like always go back to the body like go back to the body and the body will let you know if you actually in resonance with your self-love because like i said before like i mentioned like oh, feel so much lighter like your body will right. be able to tell you it's like oh, this feels so good this feels orgasmic mm-hmm. you know it's like this whatever's <laughs> happening it's like your body will be able to tell you yeah. and then when your body feel contracted you know it's a great sign for you to be like okay uh I'm not living in agreement with, you know, in congruence with my self-love, what is happening, right? Like, ask the right question. Ask the smart question. Like, ooh, yes. what could be happening within me that is not, you know, that is not allowing me the, or that is not um, allowing this flow and this merging or this connection with myself. So right. self-love really, really important. Thank you so much, Barry, for sharing with us today your insights and beautiful practices um, about self-love. So for our audience, where they can get to know more about your work and if you have anything that you sh- you would like to share, any offerings or any work or workshop, what you have going on in the first couple months? Wow. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> all my social media and my website is my name, Barry Selby, so it's easy to find. Um, on my side, I actually have, because of my clients kept asking me for this, I actually created an audio self-love meditation that they can get as well. So you go to my website, you can find it on my on the navigation, you can check it out. Right now, actually, my, my next book's coming out, or I should say my next collaborative book is coming out, um, actually maybe by the time this airs. It's, it's due like any time now, and we're actually launching a publishing company behind it because we realized when we work with somebody else, 
they were doing what we needed. So we're launching a publishing company um, for, for self, self-publishers uh, for their books. And I'm also launching a group self-love program in late October. So I actually have a three, a four months, excuse me, four months self-love program, group program that I'm launching as well. So I'm very immersed in self-love right now. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the conversation. It's beautiful. With self-love, we can achieve everything. Yes, we can. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Barry, and blessings to you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. See you next time. See ya. Thank you for joining us on today's show. And if you have enjoyed it, please subscribe, share with your friends, and leave us an outstanding review. Until next time.